You're listening to the world-famous White Roof Radio, Wolfcast number 584 for Wednesday, February 24th, 2016. Tonight, brought to you by CravenSpeed.com, MotoringStripes.com, and NowMotoring.com. Mini performance, speed, and style, it's NowMotoring.com. Hey everybody, it's DB in Arizona with a brand new episode of the world-famous White Roof Radio. Broadcasting live tonight from the USS Sick and Dead. <laughs> We're here talking about Mini Cooper stuff and other cars <coughs> on a mon- Wednesday night like we like to do. Uh, joining us is, uh, of course, my man Todd, Todd Pearson, Kansas, uh, MotoringStripes.com. Todd, say hi. Yes, I'm here and uh, re- also recovering from the nasal congestion cold of a freaking lifetime it's been a nightmare and then of course uh the chief mechanic the the good reverend mr chad miller from detroit tune detroit tune.com chad good evening good evening i am the least amount of dead so i am at the helm tonight <laughs> chad's steering the ship yeah it, it started with me on super bowl started with todd about the same time <clears throat> and it's all i can do just to even talk right now yeah last week uh, yeah yeah, sorry we missed last week i was uh completely sick we just all punted yeah it's pretty much i'm just gonna lay on the couch and moan leave me alone yeah and and for the record decongestants and gin (laughs) do not go together well i know they recommend against it but you know i like to live on the edge and that will put you out like like you know mike tyson on you know On on a bad day nice I've been um, I've been going crazy with uh, pink grapefruit juice uh, mixed with iced tea. Yeah, and I've just been pounding back the vitamin C. Luckily, though, in Arizona we have beautiful weather, so that helps. It's hotter than smack out there, isn't it? Dude, shut up! It's eighty degrees. It's been so nice. <laughs> Everybody out here is complaining, it's like, "Oh my god, it's so hot! It's only February. Why is it so hot?" And I'm just like, "Shut up! I'm gonna punch you." I know my lady friend's parents are out there in Phoenix right now, and yeah. they were they were saying they're like. Oh, it's it's okay if you're as long as you're in the shade. <laughs> it sounds like Vegas in the summertime, you know, when it's 112. Like, oh, it's not here, bad if you're in the shade. It's like 120. This is really nice weather. And the best part is I'm not cold because I was over this whole January in Arizona thing because it was cold here. It was like 40s, and I'm saying, no, no, stop it. Uh, well, hey, thanks to glo- global warming, we had mid-70s here in the Midwest over the weekend. It was gorgeous. Nice. And Chad, what about Detroit? You said something about getting a whole crap load of snow as you load into something. Uh, well, we have not gotten it yet, but it is predicted. I'm hoping it doesn't actually come here, but it was 60 on Saturday, and everyone's like, oh, my God, I'm washing my cars. There were lines down the road for car washes. But um, we are entering Autorama come uh, this weekend. It's the, the big auto show indoors kind of the kickoff of the season and we decided hey you know let's, let's throw a mini in there it's, it's kind of cool so <clears throat> i'm going up for best sport compact and uh you know have a chance of winning 300 whole dollars you know, if i win <laughs> dude that's beer money for like a half <laughs> yeah well, the problem is is there was 50 dollars registration then there's a 150 dollar piece of carpet that you have to buy plus uh, the uh. the mandatory stanchions and i have to take off about two or three days of work so, so you'll be that, in the hole even if you win you'll still be in the yeah, hole even if i win i'm, I'm, I'm negative right now <laughs> but uh, yeah nice. they're uh, expecting six to eight inches um to that wednesday to thursday night and i have to load in at 10 p.m on thursday night Ooh. so i will have experienced everything it'll be super clear and all of the roads will be as of the s word and uh then i'll have to trailer a open trailered car to the the fairgrounds so oh, lots of hand washing 
going to be a really late Thursday night. Okay, you don't have to worry because we probably won't have a show that week because as we speak right now, everybody's out buying SUVs because the price of gas has dropped down to less than $1.50 a gallon. Good grief. I saw that, DB. You post on Facebook today, and I did the same I thing. I haven't paid. Today, I bought gas. I paid $1.81.9 for 91, and I have not paid for a gallon of gas that cheap since before. Before I bought my first Mini in 2002. You know what was shocking about your picture, DB, is that you put 13.88 gallons in your tank. What did you have, a mile left on the clock? No, I had like 20. Oh! My, you, I, I've, got the freak, I've got the freak with a 14.5-gallon tank, my car. I was going to say, your car was completely empty. I, I have no idea how much... I don't know how I can put 14.5 gallons of gas into a 12-gallon tank, but you know what? I do it all the time. Yeah, I, I also filled yeah, up today. I, I was on... I had the, the gas light was on... But I probably had 50 miles left. I mean, I had, you know, about I, a gallon. I, had, I think I had about 20 miles left. But $22 even was my fill-up today. Nice. You win. Yeah. What'd you pay? Uh, I think it was a buck seventy-nine. Yeah. The, I was told, a friend of mine um, pinged me when I checked in and said, oh, if you drove across town, you would have saved six cents. But I didn't want to drive all the way across town. So, but still, cheap gas. I'm a fan. Let's all go buy SUV. Ready? It was uh, yeah. two forty-four here for premium today. We paid for Ooh. Good really? grief, man. Gas is insane there. Well, you know, they're expecting a snowstorm, so everything goes up. Med, everything goes bread, up. milk, and gas. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we're not expecting snow here. I'm buying gas for less than a gallon of milk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. So the Wire Roof Radio Show will be ending soon just because I know you guys are going to go buy SUVs. So. <laughs> Everybody's getting rid of their minis. Nobody's buying yeah. minis anymore. Oh, cheap gas. Let's go buy big cars again. Which you know we're gonna we're gonna bring that up you know in a, in a little bit on the show about yeah. is it gonna hurt many sales because traditionally the price of fuel when it goes down it does it, it does tend to it hurt the smaller cars not just many but the smaller cars in general it does yes it does yeah we're gonna get to that we've got a couple things we're gonna talk about whatever else happens to come up you know how we are uh, it'll be a good time you guys should stick around and uh, you should you should listen to a, a sponsor spot. While you stick around, that would be really cool, and I'd appreciate it a lot. We're going to start off with our friends over at Outmotoring, Outmotoring.com. Still, I want you guys to remember, last time we spoke, uh, all the external uh, trim pieces, especially for you first-gen owners, the wheel arches and all the body trim bits that like fall off in the car wash or just fall off because they fall off because you had your car for a while, they have all those parts over at Outmotoring.com. Not only that, but like JCW-style grill for the R56, which is really nice. The black one, you guys know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Super nice. And then when your e-brake handle starts getting all gross from all the French fry salt and grease that you've been keeping on your fingers when you pull the e-brake handle, you can get replacement handles for all of the minis over at Outmotoring.com. Not only that, but Outmotoring is your full, like your full service. It's like Amazon.com for mini stuff. You guys know this. All of the DIY stuff, your oil change parts, your tune-up parts, uh, brakes, shocks. If you want to do a clutch, you can buy clutch over at motoring.com for reals. And you, if you are that like gung-ho and you're going to stall yourself, go mad, go crazy, go over to motoring.com. Um, also, while you're there, pick up something nice for yourself, maybe a hat or a pair of shoes or some other, maybe a nice shirt. All the really cool merch for your person available at motoring.com. And then, you know. When the weather does start getting nice, don't forget outmotoring.com also has a full line of car care products for your mini. Very awesome stuff. Go over there, outmotoring.com. And I don't, this is the important part that I always remind you guys about, and you should have done it already. And if you haven't, do it now. Go over there and make sure you sign up for the email newsletter. What happens is when you get an email from outmotoring.com, it's going to have a 5% discount code in it. Everyone has a 5% discount code. So that when you do place an order, you enter that code and you save 5% on your order. Super duper awesome. All that and more from our friends over at Outmotoring. Outmotoring.com, mini performance, speed, and power steering return hoses. That's Outmotoring.com. Boom. 
Do we even need news music tonight? No, we're just, we're gonna we're gonna we're going off the rails. We're going off the reservation tonight. Going off the reservation. We are uh, going outside of the box. Yeah. So to speak. And Todd found the story uh, week before last. We were going to talk about this last week, but it's essentially how BMW has been padding its numbers. It's it's now turned and into. It's not just BMW that does this. So honestly. Well, okay. So let's let's talk about this. You may or may not have seen this. If you follow Automotive Press, anything from you know Automotive News on down the line, this has shown up in so many of my news feeds over the last week, and that is this: is that it started out where Lexus uh, a little more than a week ago. Um, challenged BMW because last year BMW was named the top luxury car, you know, in sales for 2015. Okay. So, which means they'd sold more cars than any other luxury brand in the U.S. Now, Lexus came up and they said, wait, not so fast. We registered more cars. Like, we have more registered, you know, cars driving around which was their Lexus's number was 340,392 versus BMW only registered 335,000 cars. Okay? And but BMW claimed they sold like 5600 more cars than that. Okay? Uh they claimed they sold 346,000. Right. Okay, which beats the registration number that Lexus uses. So <clears throat> anyway, BMW's first response to this, and I say because this is a kind of an evolving story, mm-hmm. their first response was, well, you have to consider there, we'd had a really good December. There were a lot of sales, and mm-hmm. it takes sometimes as much as 60 days for cars to be registered because I know around here they used to do 30-day tags. Now they're 60-day tags. So right. basically, you, bu- you go in, you buy a car on December the 21st. You don't have to technically register it. It's not going to show up on the things until February 21st. Right. Okay, and that's legitimate. And so that was their first answer to this. Okay, which you're like, okay, I guess there's some plausibility to that. They had a sale at the end of the year, sold a bunch of cars. Well, some investigative people got in and they got some people on the inside, some unnamed insiders Mm. who've been saying what I've been saying now for years on the show was that, um, yes, in fact, BMW offered incentives to the dealers at the end of the year to buy some cars for mm. loaner cars. Yeah. Basically, they said, we're going to give you 1600 I'm just using this as a random number, but it's pretty close. About $1,600 per car off, you know, uh, on this car to say you sold it, to, to, to make them show up on a retail uh, delivery sheet here, uh. RDR, Retail Delivery Report, that says, oh, these cars sold. But, Even then though, they just, but then they just put them into the loaner fleet. Right. They just put them into the loaner fleet because then the dealer can go, well, crap, we got 60 loaners on the books. <laughs> right. But that it, means they, but then, then maybe they could recycle some loaners out to pad their CPO numbers. Yeah. So see, the, it all trickles down to there. And eventually those numbers, the thing is, is that, you know, a month or two months down the line, they sell those cars and they don't show up as new car sales anymore. Right. But what BMW does offer as a company is they offer a certain amount. I think it's like $200 a month for every month a car is in loaner service. Mm-hmm. Um, they discount the car another $200, uh, the final sale price of it to the dealer. Wow. Um, so, And that's for wear and tear on it and depreciation a little bit. So yeah. it's, a, it's not a bad deal for dealers to, to run through the loaner cars. And you know what? You can get a really good deal on a new car. And 
DB, like you said, here's the thing. It's not just BMW that's doing this. Oh, yeah. It's not just BMW. You know, every every car. Every, every, they might not be cycling them into, like, uh, <laughs> Chevy dealers with big, huge loaner car fleets or anything like that. Right. But you know that Chevy's doing something. They're doing the same kind of things. Like, hey, if you can move these cars, we're going to give you, the dealer, some kind of incentive to get these cars off the lot. Yep, yep. Well... I think also that they need to have a few extra loaner cars in some of their fleets with some of the stuff going on right now with all of the F-56 cars and <laughs> R-56 cars. I mean, they need to have some of those extra loaners. So, I mean, yeah. Like, you know what? They're, if you pulled in the mini dealer with your F-56 and they gave you a BMW as a loaner, man, Happens these the mini owners, your head would spin off. Happens all the time. Happens, in it my happens all the time. My yeah. dealer has uh, a whole bunch of, yeah, they run out of minis. Um, and they have more service. They'll they'll grab some BMWs and well, people were getting pissed that you were getting like you know hot you know Kia Elantras or whatever you know <laughs> pick whatever you know shitty foreign yeah. you know or a Chevy Malibu or because they were just you know throwing you into whatever Enterprise rent a car they could get. And people right. were like, really? I drive this, and you gave me this? Right? Question mark? You know? So yeah, I think that's why a lot of loaner fleets you know ex- you know uh, grew exponentially in that 2007 eight period because you know while they needed them a little bit in that those gen one cars and you know the second gen two cars they really kind of really needed to expand their fleet because well, they still had a lot of those gen one cars that were still in warranty not, as well as the gen two cars yeah I think about when i was in california the last two loaner cars i had were three series so you're yeah, right yeah yeah no it does and and here's the thing though too is mathematically the more minis that are sold over the years the more potential that people are going to be coming in for service. So you're going to need a larger loaner fleet too. It's not just that there might be problematic necessarily, but the right. sheer number of them. You've got more. more yeah, you got, you got a bigger pool. Right, to, exactly. That's, that's part of what I was yeah, also saying. Yeah, yes. a bigger pool to choose from there. So, but And the other thing too is from a marketing standpoint, and BMW's marketing people came out and said this in a, in a later article, was that, yeah, they want the, the latest cars as loaner cars because... You know, you bring in your eight-year-old three series, and you go yep. drive a new one, and you're like, "Oh, this is kind of nice. Maybe I should upgrade." It's a total marketing thing, um, and it works because I tell you, I have seen this. I see it once a week. Somebody brings a mini in for service, and they go out in a loaner. And I've seen people upgrade from a hardtop to a Countryman. I've seen people upgrade from a hardtop to a four-door. Um, or uh, we even had a Roadster for a while, and some people came in and they went and bought a Roadster because they had it as a loaner for a day. It's genius. It's yeah. it's pure genius because it doesn't cost the dealer that much, and it's an easy sell. So I've been having Roadster thoughts lately too. <laughs> so that's the defense of uh, from a marketing ploy there. But from the standpoint of the, what started this article here is when Lexus said, "Listen, we had this many number of cars. You know, we had three hundred 40,000 cars registered to yeah, owners. 340 versus, it was 340, versus 335, 259. Yeah, there's no fudging those numbers. That's, that's you know, dollars to dollars if you ask me. Right. And I think it doesn't matter what the cutoff is. The cutoff is, you know, basically you would take it two months back the other way and go, right. hey, you're, you've still got the same 12 months they did. Right. They beat you. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, don't, I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I understand why it's a big deal to say, oh, we are the biggest luxury car brand on the planet. I get that. That's, they need that for marketing and stuff. But really, 
5,000 cars. They just can't say that they're one. They just can't be happy with, oh, one of the largest luxury car brands on the planet. Yeah. Well, then it goes on to say Mercedes did the same thing, too. You know, um, but nobody cares about Mercedes because it's like all old people drive those cars. I don't know. But it, it another article like, like this is one of the many that I read on this over the last week was right. going on to say how BMW is no longer at the top of the resale value that a three-year-old BMW is now only worth 48% uh, of its original value, and it used to be closer to Which 50. Which makes sense based on the numbers that you talked about a couple weeks ago yeah. where uh, the resale value on your F56 that's at the house yep, yep. drops so much. Yep, yep, and BMWs have done the same thing. It's It's been as precipitous with, with that brand, and part of it is, okay, this is a vicious circle, is that when you know the manufacturer, and I'm saying BMW and Mini, goes mm -hmm. to dealers and they say, hey, listen, we need some better numbers this month. We're going to give you additional discounts. We're going to knock $1,500 a car off for every car that you say is sold. Okay. So it'll help the, the national numbers for this. Right? right. So then what ends up happening is the dealer goes, well, hey, this car cost me $1,500 less. I can sell it for even less. You know, let's push it. Let's get somebody, let's close a deal. And they do that. And then it's kind of this vicious circle in they start making less and less so basically you go in and you buy a new mini and you're like hey i got i got three thousand dollars off or i got twenty five hundred dollars off right on this mini then that's already depreciated that amount you know because that's what they paid for it right, right? and that hurts the rest of us who paid a higher price for the mini because we chose to order it right you right. see what i mean and yeah. so that's the you that's, think uh <laughs> Do you really think that Mini USA is is really looking at it that hardcore and telling the dealers to put extra cars into Lunar Fleet? Uh, in a, in a word, in a single word, yes, absolutely, yes. Okay. No, I mean, there's there's so many aspects to the dealer level that I'm wondering if they really know all of that extraness. You know? Yeah. Oh no, I think it's all just a straight up. Hey. We're going to give you because it works for the it's to the benefit of the dealer in a way because they're like, hey, we just got and I'm I'm throwing these numbers out here random. I'm not quoting these from anything, but let's say it's even five hundred dollars. We're going to give you an extra five hundred dollars off this car if you, you know, show it as sold. So basically the dealer is like, I'm going to make another five hundred dollars on this when I sell it. It's a good deal to a certain extent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. an extra $500 of profit that you just get in there. But, but when they do that, though, that's the same thing like with uh, like some of the Japanese brands like Mitsubishi's or Nissan's or whatever, where they have no resale value at all because they offer. It's like, oh, it. and we're going to give you, you right. $4,000 cash back and 0% and we're going to toss in this kitten. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Oh, well, a free kitten. Well, of course. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, free kittens sell cars, Chad. Yeah, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Yeah. I think they do. But anyway, I, I, I just think it's been an interesting story because I've seen this pop up so many times and not a lot of people might people might gloss over it, but I think that we talk about a lot here. We talk about sales numbers. Yep. And um everybody just think you know, thinks they're set in stone and go, Oh, look, sales numbers, many sold this many more cars. When in reality it's all it's kind of an average over the year. I'm not saying it's all BS because it's not there's there's some reality there. Cars are selling, but on individual months, they might be plus or minus something, or there might be a... We saw a couple of months last year where sales were down, right? 
And I think that's the result of some of these programs that happen three, four months later. It's like, okay, everybody's taking the hit in October because they got all these bonuses in August to pad the numbers. Right. And um, that's kind of makes things go cyclical. So I kind of think you got to kind of look at it as a year, a year on year. And that brings us to, uh, there was a news story on, what I want to say, uh, worldwide sales for many, right? Right. So uh, where is this here? That worldwide sales were up 8.6% for, 8. for January for many as a brand. And that's a good thing, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, uh, but you look at it also and you say, there's two more cars than there were a year ago. Yeah. But maybe not two more because there's the Clubman... Um, but the Clubman just launched. Yeah, the Clubman was just launched and the four-door, right? Yeah, and the four-door. I think what's going to really drive sales like huge will be the new Countryman when that comes out. I think so too because Countryman numbers are just in the toilet. Well, it's because they look. we've talked about this before, yeah. but when you look at a Countryman, it's just like, oh, this old car with a new car price versus that new car with all the new car goodies for a new car price. I'll take the new car. Well, I'm thinking about it, it's only going to get worse because uh, in a little more than a month, you'll be able to get an all-wheel drive Clubman. And I know right. my dealer told me, they're like, we've already got our allocation for those. They're already uh, specking those out and building them for deliveries. Um, so, which probably means we're eight weeks from seeing them at the dealer. So let's right. say eight weeks from now, you'll be able to walk into a mini dealer and you see one of every car on the showroom floor. You've right. got a countryman, maybe, maybe not a paceman. We still don't know. Um, you've got a four-door. I've been seeing more pacemen in the wild lately, too. I think the dealers are just giving them away. I think so, too. you got a four-door Mini. You have a two-door hardtop Mini. Right. And, well, you're going to have the convertible, too. It's starting to show up at dealers. Yeah. But you got three choices for four-door Minis, is what well, I'm saying. The, well, you, know, you get the countryman, you get the four-door. Yeah. You, oh, and the Clubman. And the Clubman. So you have three choices. But see, now the countryman used to win because it has an all-wheel drive option. Well, now right. the Clubman's going to have an all-wheel drive option, and you're like, ooh. Yeah, you know what, though, when the new Clubman comes out, I still think it's going to pick back up because people like that. They like that shape. They like that size. They like that perceived functionality. You know what I'm saying? I I, per, I love the Clubman. And, and they like the up high, the up high ride. I like the Clubman myself, too, but I don't yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I think it's going to sell well. I wouldn't walk into a dealer and buy uh, the, an, an R version Clubman. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for the next one. Although yeah. you know what, we have one on our lot right now. It's a JCW Clubman, dude. With uh, so it's manual. Um, they only made that one in a. I don't think they ever made an automatic JCW. I may be wrong about that. No, I think this, they did. It didn't sell very well. Yeah, this is a manual uh, JCW Clubman with thirty three thousand miles on it. Um, beautiful. It's got leather. It's got nav. Give us price. It's loaded. Just take a guess. Twenty six. Chad, you got a guess? Uh oh, do we still have Chad? Do we lose Chad? Chad took a break to take care of the dogs. It oh, is... sorry, I'm here. Uh, I'm thinking it's got leather and nav. Um, it's got thirty-three thousand miles. Thirty-three thousand. Oh, thirty-three thousand. Ah, You're both a little high. It's like twenty. Really? It's twenty-four five. Dude. Oh wow. I know. I'm tempted. I can, I'm tempted. I can buy a CW Clubman for that price. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm tempted. I can tell you that there's been some uh, some people that have come into the shop lately, and this guy had a chocolate 
F56 and they really wanted to get rid of it and they knock like six grand off this car. Boom, right now. And it is fully loaded. It's got mm -hmm. lights on everything. It's got, you know, every single option you could get. I mean, super nice interior, everything about this car. And they just, they're like, we want to move it. It had been on the lot for a long time. We're going to sell it. This is what's really tough now is I think we're in a position to where, you know, it's it's lucrative to, to look at a, a pre-owned Mini right now. Um, it's lucrative to look at anything pre-owned. This is not really Mini related at all, but yeah. my folks were looking for a Jeep Rubicon. My mm -hmm. dad, dad's got an old CJ7 that doesn't have air conditioning and they want to go on Jeep trips in the summertime. So they've been looking for a Rubicon. They finally found one, but it was all the way out here in Phoenix and it had sat on the lot for so long that it was actually getting next week was going to go on auction. Oh wow! And and my folks got a, it was it's like brand new 2012 seventeen thousand miles over everything except for uh, nav and the rear backup camera, and they got it for twenty eight I want to say, and that's a forty two thousand dollar Jeep. Wow! It never been off road or anything. It was like brand new. Wow! Unbelievable. I mean, that's if you're looking to buy a car and you don't want to have pay new car prices, just look CPO man. Yeah, either certified pre-owned or, you know, as uh, our buddies over at, as, as Doug over at Jalopnik likes to do, is go to CarMax and get the CarMax warranty. Yeah. <laughs> What's he driving now, right now with the warranty? He's got an Aston Martin. I think it's an Aston Martin. He's got an Aston Martin. That's I have no idea what CarMax this guy goes to, but he finds the most <laughs> ridiculous cars. I mean, he found like like Porsche, supercar. I saw somebody on, the, on Facebook the other day that picked up a GP2 at CarMax. Really? Yeah, yeah they they're, just bought a there. GP. They just bought a GP2 at CarMax a couple of weeks ago. You know, and that's another car that the, I gotta say though, the, the bottom the, fell out of. Well, kind of. Um, the GP2 is. I mean, that car's getting passed around like you know, that girl you knew from Third Period French. And I think the guys are they're buying them. They're using them as track day cars. They're going, okay, I'm done with this. Let's let somebody else have some fun. Yep. But the yeah, problem is some of those guys are smoking crack when it comes to the price. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're going, oh, yeah, here you go. Uh, it's got, what, say 30,000 miles, uh, 30 grand. And I'm like, dude, that was a price new. Yeah. Well, there are people with uh, GP1s that are still like, okay, well, this car is still worth $30,000. Like, no. No, it's not, nope. not, not, not quite. The, I mean, yes, you have a very impressive, clean car, the first but gen it's not worth $29,000. GP1s are 15 to 20 tops. And that, but yeah. that's gonna the GP one will come back around. The GP two is, I don't think the GP two is gonna come back around. Uh, it might, it first, well, it, it may not. But I mean, there are still people that still can't get nine for theirs, but other people are still fifteen to nineteen. I'm, at I'm least, back but. on the, I'm back on the uh, uh, sell my GP again because <laughs> the other day I'm, I'm just like the that car. W Clubman that you countryman. That no, you I don't know what I, the car turns ten years old this year. Okay. And I've replaced a lot of things on it, but now things that are 10 years old are starting to go like the rubber molding around the belt line, yes. you know, the rubber starts to rot and starting yeah. to fall off. So that's all going to need to be replaced. Um, the, the, the four nuts, not, not all four of them, but two of the nuts that are holding the wing on, on the bottom are showing some signs of rust. So I'm going to swap those out. And it's yeah. just like, you know, once you start into this, you're like, well, not to mention the big things, the big things like air conditioning, like power steering. Yeah. Like yeah. I clutch. Don't... Um, you know, no, I like... just had that. I had the clutch replaced last year. I, I paid to have that done. So that's brand new. Clutch is brand new. I got so much on this car is brand new. It's a it's a valuable car. and It's a lot of fun for a long time. But I'm like, do I really want to put all this money into it just to have a garage queen? 
You know, one of the things that I've been kind of interested in, because, I mean, we obviously deal with every single car and we see all types of stuff. So I see people in there trying to do weird things to CVTs or whatever. Right. And, you know, you're talking about the value of cars and how certain things are. And I also see a lot of people who are trying to rebuild cars that, you know what, that car's dead. Yeah. It's not, (laughs) it's not worth it. Don't try and put a six-speed transmission in that CVT because it's going to be more money to to fix the car ever yep. than what you could just go out and buy an S for. Yep. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of people, and I'm sure a few of our listeners right now, that you have to be realistic with this. It's like, yes, that car is fun. It was nice. It got this small little thing, but what is that price? You can go out and you can buy a really nice fairly low miles gen one cooper s for that six to high eight and we're talking low miles 20 right. 30 000 at the most yeah. I've seen that car is all the time done ready to go yeah, versus be. you've now got this hundred fifty thousand mile car and you need to put four or five grand into it you know don't fix it at that point so yep, yep. it's kind of interesting to see the spectrum of these new cars worth x amount of money and then some that are getting these huge discounts and then the other spectrum of people that have these cars that are putting way more money than they're ever worth into them so take it from me chad speaks the truth <laughs> yeah yep i put more money into that 2003 mini of mine and i finally got rid of it because i did I, there was no i was going to have another thousand dollar repair yeah, I mean, I've, I've only seen that car once in the last, you know, recent because of everything. And I was like, wow, these seats are hit. This is that. And I was like, wow, this car's got a lot of work going on to it. You know, like yep. it's it's all fixable if you have the right things in your. Or if you want to dump a bunch of money in, into it. Well, your your availability, you know, if all of a sudden, you know, you find a car that's totally wrecked and it's got really nice seats and you can buy the stuff super cheap, then, uh, you know, that's that's the way to go. But. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have those those resources, <laughs> time to time to trade it in and, That's and right. go up new. So. Hey, well, speaking of speaking of used cars and buying used cars, how about this? You know what you're going to be able to buy pretty soon as a, a pretty inexpensive used cars? A Scion. Scion. <laughs> how sad. Because yeah. that company is uh is gone and Toyota, Toyota is basically killing the Scion brand. They are, and well, they already have actually. Yeah, lest people say, oh, well, they're just going to change the name to Toyota. No, they're they're only keeping two of the models. They're keeping yeah, the, the they're FRS. Keep, the FRS and the... Well, the two the, the two new ones, so three models. The new IA and ID or whatever it is. Yeah, IA, the IM, and the FRS are the ones they're keeping. Yeah, they're keeping, keeping those three. So XB, gone, XA, XD... Well, it's not surprising on the XB because it just turned it. They made it into a pig. It they a killed dog. it. They killed it. But... They made it look weird, like it was squished. Yep. Um, instead of keeping it kind of looking the way that it used to look in the old boxy one, and just dropping in the Corolla motor instead. Uh, that's and they should have did. If you you may if you've not been listening to the show long enough, I owned a 2005 Scion XB, the first one, the boxy one, yep. the toaster, if you will. Um, that was a fantastic car, and part of what made it fantastic was. I think I only paid like fourteen grand for the thing new. Yeah, it had everything on it. It was like less than fifteen thousand dollars. It was a great car. It got forty miles to the gallon. You know that is a car you rarely see for sale used. Right, and when you do, the value they're still like nine. They're going for eight nine grand. Yeah, a car that's ten years old. That's insane. Oh. 
Yeah, I know. So they killed the, that car. Did, uh, is they should have put the Corolla motor in that uh, into that XB. Well, no, they had the uh, they had the uh, um, what is the the one they put in there? Good night. What was it? It was only it was a, it was just a little one point eight. It was the same size same size engine as a Mini. It was the um, God. It, I can't think like of it now. Cell motor or something? No, no, no. It was the. Jeez, uh, somebody's gonna help me out here. But the motor that was in that thing was bulletproof. Well, it's because it's Toyota. Yeah, yeah, it was it was absolutely bulletproof, and uh, I had nothing but good luck with it. And I sold the car for a really good price. Yeah. I didn't have many miles on it, and I think I sold it for like nine grand. I sold it to CarMax for right. for nine grand, uh, like about two years after I got it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I had a 2005, and I sold it in 2007. So anyway, Scion is going what? away. Scion actually doesn't sell that many cars. Because I'm looking at these numbers. Yeah, I didn't see the numbers. 2015, they sold 56,000 cars, 58,000 in 2014, 68,000 in 2013. They peaked in 2012 at 73,505. Well, comparably speaking, that's more than Mini has sold, I think, any year that Mini's been in business. Sorry. In 2005, 6, 7, and 8, they broke 150,000 cars in a year. Yeah, that's but three times the number of minis they sold those years. You know, but then they dropped off, like from 2008, 113,000, to 2009, they dropped down to 57. That's a huge drop. It's interesting because that volume of car, like, if for some reason Toyota has decided this experiment is not profitable for whatever reason. Right. But they claim it was because, uh, let's go back, they, they really invented this brand, the sub-brand of Toyota, to try and reduce the average age of their car buyer. Because right. their average age of the car buyer was, I think, into their 50s because they're all driving around Camrys and the old people cars, Right. Well, and the some kids buying Corollas, but more like yeah. But it was it was their average age was up there pretty good. So they think, oh, we're gonna get this young, hip, new brand Scion, and they right. came out with an XB and an XA, and that was it. There was, that was it. There was two models, and um, you know what? It worked. They really did drop their their age down, but the problem was they didn't drop it as much as they wanted, because people in their like thirties and forties were going, well, crap, this is a great car for fourteen grand. I'm gonna go buy it. Right, and it was it was a fantastic car. Um, XB was XA, not so much. XA was kind of yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I was never a fan of the XA, but I loved my XB. And then they went and killed it because I think they tried to go. Oh, it's not hip enough. It's not young enough. We need to right. put a bigger engine in it, so it got less fuel economy. They they destroyed the fuel economy. They right. tried to style it more. Well, young. then they tried with the TC too. You know, the one looks like a slot car. <coughs> yeah, and that was. That didn't work. That was like boy tuner, like total Fast and the Furious. Yeah. You know. It was an okay looking car. I mean, I never got to drive one, but yeah, still, it was kind of, mm, it was know. It wasn't that great. But anyway, you just kind of got to wonder, comparatively speaking, you look at it and compare it to Minis. They sold twice as many Scions in a year that Mini did back in like yeah. 2005. Well, and to be fair, Scion had Toyota marketing money. Oh, absolutely. It. Biggest, biggest, one of the biggest, you know, top two car companies in the world. Right. Volkswagen and Toyota. Right. Back and I mean, forth. BMW has some good marketing money, but not Toyota marketing money. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, talk about a niche brand. You look at Scion, you're like, oh, it was a niche brand. Yeah, it was a niche brand that sold twice as many that as cars yeah. that Mini did. Okay. So, comparatively yeah, they sold, speaking, they sold, Scion sold almost a million cars. Yeah, that's crazy. And it took Mini 10 years. From 2003 to 2015, they sold almost 1 million cars. And how many years did it take Mini to hit a million? Not 10 years. It took about seven Have years. Have Mini sold a million cars in the United States yet? 
Uh, are, I think these are just U.S. numbers that I'm looking oh, at. Oh, just U.S. numbers? Yeah. Crap, no. Um, yeah, I don't think so. They haven't sold, they haven't sold a million cars. No, because... I, I mean, I'm just doing quick math, and it's not a million, but it's more than 800,000, I think. Yeah, no, I think uh, uh, even if you gave many 50,000 a year... Eight, yeah, more than 800,000. Times 13 years. No, they haven't they haven't sold a million cars in, in the U.S. yet. No, they've sold a million overall, but not just... Right, know, right. And so, I mean, there's something to be said for that. You, with those kind of numbers, you also get more money to do more things. More, yeah, but their, public their marketing was also still, like, way more, you know, uh, prevalent than Minis was at that time, too. I mean, yeah. Cyan was having major commercials all of the time. They were they were doing a lot more things, whereas still, I mean, you can see a Mini commercial here and there and a lot of online presence, but you don't see a Mini commercial every sixth commercial on TV, you know, type of thing. So... Well, and here's another thing, too, is the difference between a Scion and a Mini, not to draw, you know, comparison on numbers, but it was definitely not a premium car. That car was cheap. The plastic was cheap. The material, the, the, the seats were cheap. Everything about the car was cheap. But you know what? You got what you paid for. It was 14, 15 grand. I thought it was worth it for what it was compared to a Mini that cost twice as much money. Yeah, the Mini's better built. It's more premium. There's more quality to it. But as far as a small brand that draws young people with style and, and things like that, yeah, it's definitely I think it was, I think it was a successful. Much better car. Yes, I mean I, that's without without question. But there's a lot of people. I mean, tons and tons of people that all they look at is price, and they can look at uh, website X that has part you know Y for twenty bucks. But somebody else is selling it for nineteen ninety nine, but their shipping could be more. But they still order from that guy that has it for nineteen ninety nine because it's the penny less. Yeah. You know, so well, and I think the part of that too, that Chad, is that the profitability, like Mini's got to be more profitable. Yeah, they're selling fewer cars, but they're twice as expensive, so yeah. they've got to be making more money, and they are. Yeah, but, but they've also stepped up a lot of their uh, production costs. I mean, the yeah. the the value of the car. Uh, is gone up but you know quality of materials has gone up uh you know build quality fitment quality yeah. you know the overall fit and finish of the car has gone up a lot so those things cost more money where you know like gm they've got a really a uh, high quality material in their their interiors and they pay a lot of people a lot of money to make them but they're still really boring because they don't really want to make them uh, very ornate. Okay, well, so I mean, everything is still just that black, <coughs> plasticky kind of feel, but it feels nice because it's made out of really good material. Right. So Here. you've got to find all of that middle ground between the <coughs> you know the manufacturer of the car, as well as the um, the assembly and you know, stuff like that. So so here's the here's the meta narrative in comparison of this too. If I can. Uh, um, extrapolate this a little bit you have scion as a brand that was established in what 2002 2003 something like that really didn't hit the u.s till 2005 uh first model year for the xa and the xb they were in japan before that so you've right. got this brand that was invented to try and go after a target market like a younger car buyer okay you've got mini which was a brand that was bought by bmw as 
yeah, there was nostalgia and history there, but they were definitely going after a new creative young culture. And they successfully got that from 2002 to, well, I mean, to some point when we all saw over the last probably five to seven years, would you guys say that the mini buying public has changed? Has gone from enthusiast to people are just like, oh, okay, I'll buy a mini. It's a cute car. Right, buy one, right. But I think the enthusiast community is definitely they're, a smaller percentage of buyers now. But they're still the enthusiasts are still out there. I know this. Because no, they are. I, I kind of follow the MTTS thread on Facebook. Oh yeah, this group. And there's some cat there's who some... booked a room at like every <laughs> in, in Atlanta to make sure he was good. Oh yeah, there, start. There's some hardcore there, but the, the the parallels that I'm drawing here are that. We look at many where they are now as last year they decided to change their brand identity because they'd already captured that group of people and that the 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 customer base has moved on okay like either that group of people grew up and they grew on to other brands or, or they grew they, up and they wanted they, to be marketed to differently or they yeah. or they're refusing to get rid of their first gen car well and there's yeah. there's that well, too that, and so they have yeah. to go after a new customer so hence we've got this rebranding of mini right right and so you see scion decides to kill the brand mini decides to rebrand itself and go to more upscale premium and so i think it's two different responses to an outcome 10 12 13 Which is similar years. yeah yeah 10 12 13 years later in in various levels of success now toyota is absorbing you know the more successful and more recent models that scion right. had which yeah, is they're gonna they're going to make those Toyotas. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, I think that the FRS is a is a nice-looking car. I yeah. always, I've always liked that. I still haven't driven one. DB, you are, I think, the only one who's driven one. Yeah, I drove it. I liked it a lot. Um, Gabe and I think Gabe and Nathaniel complained about the interior being they thought it was cheap. The car. Yeah. I didn't find that to be the case. I thought the car was a ball to drive, and they built it for that science attempt yeah. to build a car for the enthusiast. It's like, look, we designed the car so you carry four wheels on the back, and so it does this because of track and It does right. this. Right. Because of tracking, it does this for when you want to go and drive fast on the canyon roads. So it's good. I'm, I'm glad that that didn't go away, that that's not going away. Yeah. But I think, in, like I said, in the end, we see kind of two... That's the parallel I drew from it and why we're talking about it on the mini podcast. Is that I think two brands that are roughly the same age went two different directions at turning points. Um, I think it's interesting. I really don't know what conclusion to draw from it. Right. Other than... I think Mini has definitely been more successful at, at capturing a diehard audience, like you said, DB, because a lot of those enthusiasts are still out there. Yeah, they are. And they're still buying the brand. They're still upgrading every two, three, four, five years. Yeah, they are. You know what? I want to move on. Yeah. Because you know what I want to talk about? Yes, sir. Because <clears throat> I'm really excited because it's been a very long time. Is I want to talk about Top Gear. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about who the one of the new presenters on the, the official Top Gear BBC program is going to be? All yeah. six Joey. hosts? Joey. <laughs> Joey. From Friends. From Friends. Matt LeBlanc. I mean, he was on an episode of Top Gear with Jez and the Boys. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, he was a star in the reasonable He was the uh, fastest star in a reasonable place. He really was. Reasonably placed car, yeah. And it was, and he, he was in one other episode besides that as, like, just he was, like, a bit part player. But he's actually going to be a host on the show. I mean, I know he's doing work over there, but I think that's going to be weird. He's a legit car guy, too. you got to give he him that. He is. He is, yeah. but it's going to be odd having an American on a British show. Yeah. Nah. Not that I, not that I think this show, the the new Top Gear is going to be any good because everybody's going to watch Jezza and Captain Slow and, and Hamp. I think Chris uh, Evans is going to kill the show. That's all. 
I think so too. <laughs> Maybe yes. I just watched the episode where he let James drive his Ferrari California. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, he's not going to be a good host. <laughs> well, you know, the, the funny thing is, is all these hosts are probably making these really big contracts. And if the first like three or four episodes tank, they're just going to stop doing it and be like, okay, we got to just call it. <laughs> Cash my and check. All like, yeah, I still have a contract. Pay me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. It makes but, total great sense for all of those people to just cash in. When we saw the pictures a few weeks ago of uh, Chris Harris puking his guts out, that was uh, riding shotgun with Sabine in an R8. Yeah, that was like not a well, car guy. No, Honestly, every every who, now and then somebody gets a little better, a little bit better, bad selfish. Yeah, who, who wouldn't puke taking laps around whatever track? And Sabine's a driver. Come on now. Yeah, you're probably I, right. <laughs> nah. I, I don't think I would. As long as I, I call shotgun. Although, Jezza did it. He, he did in the... Uh, uh, did the he van. In a van. In the van on the Nürburgring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she turned like a 12-minute lap in a van. Almost, yeah. Yeah, well, we haven't heard like a, a release date yet for the Amazon show, the Amazon Prime show. It's supposed to be this year. It's supposed to be coming out in 2016. Yeah. They've, and they have been filming, from what I understand. Both shows have been filming, actually. Uh, I'm, I have no date yet, but I'm very excited for the Amazon show. I follow all three of the guys who are all terribly entertaining, both James May, uh, uh, the hamster, and uh, Jeremy Clarkson, uh, uh, all of them on Twitter, and right. they're all quite funny. They're very funny. Those are good yep. Twitter accounts to follow. I'll link them up in the show notes if you guys are on Twitter and you want somebody new to follow. Yeah, yeah, follow but, in any of those three guys. But I think that it's it's um, the one of the greatest sports recently in social media is making fun of the new lineup at Top Gear TV. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, I feel bad too because Matt LeBlanc's probably a great guy. So I mean, I think all of the hosts are probably great guys. I know Sabine is great. Sabine's pretty awesome, but Joey, yeah. You know, it's going to be great because I'm sure he'll throw some of those wine liners in that are like the dumb New York kind of guy from, you know, friends type of feel, <laughs> but yet still be very knowledgeable in other pieces. So it, it could work out real well. We'll see. Yeah. Here's here's hoping. Well, I just want to be entertained. Chris That's Harris. it. Chris Harris is, is he's the head guy and he's a radio guy and he's a ginger. So uh, those gingers. <laughs> uh, just don't know. And I think with that, we're going to. Yes, sir. We're going to remind you about our friends over at CravenSpeed.com. Uh, we love these guys. You do, too. They make all the really cool stuff for your mini. Uh, custom crafted, computer designed. They use really cool materials. They use carbon fiber and aluminum and all these other really neat things. And they make stuff that's just pretty damned awesome. Really, let's be honest. They got a dipstick that you can use for your first and second Gemini that's not going to bend or break and you can actually read it uh there's an intake for the f56 super nice the squeezy thing aka the flex pod adapter so that you don't have to have your phone in your hand while you're driving please don't do that that really annoys me uh the springs a pulley for your r56 i mean for your uh, r53 and a whole whole bunch more all over at cravenspeed cravenspeed.com i want you to go over there i want you to check them out sign up for the email newsletter it's at the bottom of the homepage. that way anytime something new comes out on the site You'll get notified right away. And if you do place an order with Craven Speed, which we think would be really awesome, make sure you leave a comment for them there and say, you know, thanks for supporting White Roof Radio. We really appreciate that. So do they. They, of course, being our friends over at Craven Speed. CravenSpeed.com, home of the electric mini. You know what else this week is? And I was reminded, and I, and I already texted the boy. National uh, Pancake th- Week. This is a Gabe's birthday extravaganza week. 
Oh. <laughs> so it's a good thing we didn't try to invite him because I'm sure he's, I don't know, he's probably on his way to getting arrested. He's on an eight-day bender. It's uh, 1040 on a Monday night, and he's drunk. Yeah. <laughs> or arrested. Or well, both. that's just Monday, so. <laughs> yeah, it's only, uh, right. It doesn't have to be birthday week it's for that. Long week. I think he's finally in his, he's almost 40 now? Let's I, speculate I, on that. I have no clue. We've been doing this show almost 11 years. Um, he's about my age, and I'm 40, so he's got to be within a you know. Gabe turned 40 this year. He might be. He might be dead by the end of the week. <laughs> well, that's one one way to celebrate National Pancake Week in the U.S. <laughs> well, today was uh, National Tequila Day, so yeah, you're no, not having margarita. Margarita Day. Margarita. Yeah, well, day. Same thing. You know what? I think people just sit around and make shit up and go. You know <laughs> yes, what? They do. We're just today is going to be National. <laughs> day you know <laughs> yes they do you know what there's a website that does nothing but um ridiculous holidays it's it's check and it tells you all the idiot holidays that are today like for example today's be humble day uh, european day for victims of crime george washington's birthday was today the 22nd the recording day world thinking day cook a sweet potato day what it's cook a it, sweet potato day leonardo dicaprio fan day what right. freak ass hippie <laughs> thought up took a sweet potato day? Come on. Yeah, they're, they work at Whole Foods. They're good if you do them right. They work at Whole Foods. I love, I love them. <laughs> you know, and tomorrow, just so you guys know, tomorrow, the February 23rd, which is yesterday for you guys, uh, was Curling is Cool Day. A. And, uh, I hear Volkswagen's really popular, really excited about this one, diesel engine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So, anyways. And I think with that. Yes, with that, I'm going to go cough. And without Todd's going to go cough, I'm going to make the funny clicking sound. Uh, and then I have to remind you about, of course, um, two other things I want to remind you. I want you guys to make sure you went back listen to Motor Train Audio, episode number 71, where I was actually uh, on the show. It was a lot of fun. You guys should enjoy it if you haven't seen it yet. I linked it up in the show notes or Facebook page. Um, and you should follow Motor Train Audio if you were looking for another podcast. You should listen to them. It's actually it's a really good show, for reals. And Charlie and Sean are pretty cool. So is Alex. Then you got Alex over there. They're pretty good pretty good group of guys you should check them out it's motor trend audio search for it on itunes you'll find it easy uh i want to remind you guys about motoringstripes.com to get ready for mtts which is coming up and it'll be here after you sleep like three times and you'll be oh my god mtts is tomorrow and you know what you didn't do you didn't go to motoringstripes.com you didn't get your decals your badges your magnets go over there and get that stuff now so that you're prepared right todd yes yes they're they're we have been uh, literally overwhelmed by the response from people like the I want to say the early planners and I know not everybody has uh, has uh, made plans and placed their orders yet so um, I'm don't gonna be say, the last guy to do that don't wait till the last minute because you might get shut out <laughs> right. exactly all of a sudden it'll be three weeks out and Todd's got to prep for MTTS too if he goes and it's just like oh sorry. <laughs> you're out Yep, can't do it yep. so go over to motoringstripes.com get your MTTS stickers and decals and badges now don't forget. And now Todd's going to go cough and I'm going to make the funny clicking sound. And then I'm going to say questions, comments, or concerns. Go ahead and click back over to whiteroofradio.com. There you can leave us a note on the show notes. You can also email us feedback at whiteroofradio.com. Until next week, Yank, this is DB. I'm done. Cheers. See ya. Cheers.